everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. What a week. Uh, I mean... <laughs> you know, I don't even think at this point you can say a week. At this point, every 12 hours, something else is happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, when we had the show last week, we acknowledged that things were very fluid and they were changing quickly. But I'll be honest with you, come oh, Wednesday... I, let alone Thursday, I didn't think we were going to be where we are today. No. Pretty much fly, flying in uncharted territory. And when I say every time, about 12 hours, every 12 hours, I feel like, oh, something else is going to fall. It's like, what? how many other shoes could possibly fall at this point? Yeah. So, you know, as you all know, um, dominoes rapidly started falling about Wednesday with a lot of sports basically suspending their seasons and motorsport was no exception. So we'll get to Formula One in a bit. Um, we've been talking a bit about MotoGP. Okay. Um, at this point, MotoGP is hoping, hoping that they will be able to have their season opener now on May 3rd at Jerez in Spain. Again, don't know, especially since Spain's now on lockdown. <laughs> but we're talking May 3rd, so it could be about a month out. Um, with the exception of all of the races that MotoGP has had to postpone so far, they have rescheduled. Mm. Um, they've, th- there is room in the calendar. It's going to be a busy calendar for them. But they have been able to reschedule with the exception of the race in Qatar. Okay. Um, and the reason for that is because um, the circuit is set to undergo some essential track renovations in the next couple of months. They can't reschedule the, the construction work that apparently absolutely has to get done. It sounds so, like a reasonable sacrifice <clears throat> to get the work that needs to be done done and cancel one of their season. But awesome that they can reshuffle their entire season even though it's going to be tighter if and when it starts back up but until countries actually start opening up and assemblies can start happening again no one knows yeah so formula e next one Mm -hmm. um china we knew about already postponed that was supposed to be march 21st uh, Italy, the Rome E-Prix, April 4th, the Paris E-Prix on April 18th, uh, the Seoul E-Prix on May 3rd, and the Jakarta E-Prix on June 6th. All of those races are currently postponed. The next race that is scheduled for them is at uh, Berlin's Tempelhof Airport. Um, I don't have the date on that, but they're monitoring the situation they haven't made a decision what's going to happen with that race. But right now, going all the way to June 6th, Formula E is on hiatus. Um, World Endurance Championship. Uh, Spa is currently under threat. That was supposed to be at the end of April. Uh, the Sebring 1000 Miles event has already been canceled. Um, the only two events that are left on their calendar is Spa and Le Mans. Wow. So... They haven't made a decision on any of that stuff yet, but they're watching. Um, For World Rally Championship, this weekend, they held Rally Mexico. And Sebastian OJ um, won the event and then released a statement 
about how upset he was that they held the race and that it never should have been held. Oh, my. Yeah. It, it, it was pretty vicious. Um, they did go and shorten the race a bit. The next round is uh, scheduled for Argentina in April. Um, that's on hold because the government has put a ban on international sporting events. Um, the WRC round in Chile was actually canceled due to social and political unrest. Oh, lovely. Not because of coronavirus. Hmm. Yeah. Um, they're hoping that they can resume their season in Portugal uh, the weekend of May 21st. Um, over in NASCAR, NASCAR actually, um, last I heard, and I didn't check on it today, um, this weekend was supposed to be a race in Atlanta that, actually, no, I'm sorry, the info that I have, apparently Atlanta was postponed. They were talking that they were going to run it in, an, in front of an empty stadium. Mm. Um, they postponed that, and uh, Homestead on March 22nd has also been postponed. Um, right now they still plan on doing the race on March 29th in Texas. I'm going to bet that that's not going to happen. You know, it's been interesting. One of the things I've noticed over the last, um, let's give it four days Mm -hmm. ish. Um, it seemed like the sporting events that were, in question or they were trying to decide what to do their first answer was we'll do it in front of a, an empty stadium we'll yeah. tape it we'll publish it will it will air it but it'll be in an empty stadium it seems like <clears throat> empty stadiums are no longer an acceptable option and it's beyond motorsport it's like every mm-hmm. sport like they started out with empties like we aren't going to expose the spectators but now it's the concern for the athletes themselves and it's just stopping well you know See, in, in that perspective, I, I can understand the concerns about the MDA, NBA mm-hmm. because, I mean, they're sweaty. They're banging off of each other. I mean, there's a lot of physical contact between the players. And that made sense. a sport that's supposed to have no contact. That always bothered me in, yeah, a, I know. in PE as a kid because I hated PE. That, like, really <clears> always <throat> bothered me that basketball still had contact even though I was always told, it's a no-contact sport. Um, but also two players have tested positive. And, and that was the other piece that pushed them over the edge. Um, the, the thought with the teams, with motorsport, was initially, well, you know, at least we don't have the fans. The teams are a little bit more spread out, and maybe it's le- until they started realizing, well, yeah, the, the team personnel can get sick too, and mm-hmm. that doesn't change if you run without fans. Right. So um, last one I wanted to touch on was IndyCar. Okay. IndyCar season opener was also originally scheduled for this weekend. And much like Australia, um, going into the weekend, there was a significant amount of insistence that the race was going to go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of push that they're doing it. Finally, they conceded. And I don't have the exact timeline as to how this all fell, but it was one of these things that over the course of about 24 hours, the decisions changed. But initially, it was, well, we're going to run in front of, we're going to run with, we're not going to let, we're going to close general admission. Mm-hmm. Um, which, okay, if you had tickets, you could still get in. Then it was, well, nope, we're going to run without any fans at all. And there was some initial pushback from the teams and from 
I guess, local officials and IndyCar's response, and it didn't come from Penske, it came from somebody else at IndyCar, but IndyCar's response was, well, Disney's staying open, it is still open, and the Masters is still happening, and not everyone is shutting down. And within about six hours of them making that comment, Disney said, hey, we're shutting down for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And the Masters closed and all the other major uh, sporting leagues in the United States said, yeah, we're we're suspending. And they went, oh. Yeah. So much for that not happening. Now, before that had even happened, um, Long Beach came out and canceled their event. And, And as far as we know, it's a cancellation. It's not a postponement. And Long Beach's hand was forced on them because the state of California um, put a ban on large gatherings, Mm -hmm. which impacted them. They were scheduled for April 19th. Um, Now that Disney closed and everything else, that seems to have forced IndyCar's hand. They have now announced that they have suspended their season going to at least uh, the end of April into May. Um, they are hoping that May, which is the big Indianapolis month, that they can run normal. Mm-hmm. And that is their big push is they want to have a normal month for Indianapolis. Um, but outside of that, the season opener that was this weekend in St. Petersburg, that has been canceled. Uh, Barber Motorsports Park in Birmingham has been canceled. Long Beach, as we mentioned, has been canceled, as is the race at Circuit of the Americas that was scheduled for April 26th. Wow. So then we get to Formula One. Obviously, as you have figured out by now, there was no race. Um, and it, it, if you were wondering why it wasn't even on your DVR on Sunday, it's because it was canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say it right up front. The decision that Formula One ultimately ended up making and that the organizers ended up making, I think, was the right decision. I agree. Hands down. Yet I still think that they were in the wrong. Well, they fumbled that decision pretty much all the way through the process. Yeah. Um, And and, and it was both Formula One and I think the organizers, the Australia Grand Prix Corporation, deserve as much of the blame, if not more. On one hand, you know, the, the, the caring, generous side of me says I get it. They 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 sold a lot of tickets. There's it's a, a fine big event for the city. It's a big event for the city. It there's a financial impact. Nobody knew on Monday <laughs> that this thing was going to look the way it looked on Thursday. And you know, understanding what exponential really means has been I think that's probably the the learning that every person I know is taking away from this whole coronavirus situation is fully understanding what we learned in math class as high schoolers about the difference between um, logarithmic and exponential. Well, you know, I think before you even get into that, let's, there there was a timeline here that that I think it's worth going over because there were red flags and and there were warnings popping up through the week Mm -hmm. that maybe they needed to be rethinking about it and, and some 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 off-ramps that both sides could have taken and didn't. Okay. So the the teams, as we had mentioned last week, had started sending personnel out w- over the course of the last two weeks. 
um, with the, the publicity event starting to spin up this week. Now, in recognition of the concerns this week, um, they were practicing some, some distancing recommendations. So uh, some of the stuff that happened was uh, Red Bull did a karting event with Alex Albin and Max Verstappen. Uh, they took questions from the press afterwards. The press were not allowed to get within about six to ten feet of either Max or Alex. Okay. For the entire, you know, normally they, everybody gets up close. Nobody was allowed to get up close to them, um, and even they were kept apart a bit. Um, there was a lot of talk about how the the overall atmosphere and mood down there was very different because of the efforts being done to keep the drivers separate from themselves and separate from the media and separate from the fans. Um, Australian Grand Prix initially came out and said, we're not changing anything for the weekend. We're doing everything normally. Come Tuesday, it was, well, yeah, maybe we need to rethink this. So first it was they weren't going to have the open media sessions like they normally do. Or if they were going to hold them, they, we had, they had to maintain that separation between the drivers and the media. Then it was, we're canceling all the autograph sessions. And apparently it was the drivers that insisted on that. Well, and keep in mind, one of the great things about the Melbourne experience is there's unprecedented access to the, to the drivers. Yes. Um, and that is pretty, it's a, it's a hallmark of that event. You know, one of the things that they tout is that when the drivers arrive at the circuit, they basically walk, I don't really want to say a gauntlet, but kind of like a corral. Mm-hmm. Um, with the fans on either side, that the fans get to see them and take pictures and wait, and, and the drivers like it. it. It's not like they, they feel like this is a, this is a burden on them, but it's one of the features of it is the fact that the fans can hang out there and they can crowd along this walkway and see the drivers as they're arriving and talk to them and get autographs and pictures and all of that stuff. That apparently was shut. The announcement was that was being shut down okay. and that that was not available. The autograph sessions were not going to be happening. Um, we knew on Wednesday that team members from both Haas and and, uh, McLaren were being tested, uh, for coronavirus. Mm -hmm. I think it was Friday morning. Well, it was, it was Friday morning, our time in the U S no, it had to be Thursday morning, our time in the U S. Yes, because the pre-practice one should have started Thursday evening our time. Right. So Thursday morning our time, we get word that of the eight personnel who were tested, seven came back negative with one team member from McLaren testing positive for coronavirus and being placed in quarantine. Very quickly after that announcement was made, McLaren withdrew from the event. Right. Um, and Zach Brown, he issued a statement, but, but I think the, the most important piece of that statement that Zach made was the comment that this decision was the easiest decision for him to make in his entire career. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the safety of the team is paramount, all of that stuff, but it was this decision was the easiest decision that he has had ever had to make. And it, while, yes, they're very disappointed that this had to happen, they're out of there. Yeah. Um, shortly thereafter, we got word that 14 team members at McLaren 
were put into isolation in Australia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, all of them having contact with this one person. Um, there were some additional folks who, who were um, not affiliated with the teams, but apparently had a presence in the paddock who were also tested. I didn't hear what those results were. Um, this obviously, with the withdrawal of McLaren, sent the wheels in motion as to what was going to happen next. And we do know that that evening, um, Thursday evening Australia time, the teams went into a huddle with Ross Braun and the organizers to figure out next steps. So come Thursday morning, our time, we had both BBC and Sky and, and Motorsport. We, we carried the, the report for Motorsport saying that three high-placed individuals within F1 were saying the race is going to be canceled. Mm-hmm. And then we heard nothing. Correct. And all night in Australia, we heard absolutely nothing. And following the Twitter feeds from the the press going, what is going on here? We've got reports that it's going to get canceled. F1's not saying anything. Australian Grand Prix Corporation isn't saying anything. What's happening here? And somebody pointed out, you know, the teams are supposed to be at at the track side at like 8 in the morning. Mm-hmm. somebody's got to tell the, the, the teams what's going on here so that the personnel either don't show up or they show up as, you know, they've, they got to to find, they've got to know what's happening here. Nothing happened, and we're waiting. And, and as we get closer, now we start getting word because there's been no announcement officially from the organizers or from F1. Fans have showed up at the, at the gates. Mm-hmm. And at the scheduled time for the gates to be open for the fans to enter Albert Park, they were not unlocked. And instead, the crowds built. Correct. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know that uh, social distancing thing? Yeah. That didn't happen. Ultimately, two hours before the, the, the start of Free Practice 1, we get a statement from Mercedes saying that they no longer believe that um, the race can be held, that the safety of the team members, their team members, could be assured at the event, and as a result, they were withdrawing from the event as well. Um, and actually, I should even go back before that. There was word that came out, oh, about an hour and a half, two hours before that, probably, well, 8 a.m. Australia time. Word came out, that Kimi Raikkonen and Sebastian Vettel were seen boarding an Emirates flight back to Europe. Mm-hmm. And somebody even went so far as took a picture of the, of the flight manifest with their <laughs> names on it. All right. Because I was like, nobody's confirmed. The, the teams aren't saying this. How do we know that they're actually, you know, th- this is just a rumor. And then the manifest shows up. And even still, I'm like, right. Yeah. Really? I mean, anybody could, could Photoshop. And then the BBC confirmed it mm-hmm. before we got any word that anything was canceled. Then Mercedes, about two hours before, puts out the statement that they're not convinced that um, they can maintain the safety of their team, so they're withdrawing. And about 15 minutes later, the statement finally comes out from Formula One saying, yeah, we're canceling the event. And at about 6 o'clock that morning, Australian Grand Prix Corporation came out and said, yeah, we're holding the event. 
We're going to do it. We're we're probably going to do it without spectators in the stands. And um, Damon Hill at one point started tweeting it. Yeah, the the event's still going. After everyone said, oh, it's going to be canceled, Damon Hill says, nope, I'm hearing that the event's going to happen, but they're they're just not going to let spectators in. But, yeah. Crazy. It was very much felt like the right hand didn't know what the left hand was going to do. Everybody knew what the right answer is, but nobody wanted to blink first. Um, it, and the amount of unnecessary insanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, why didn't you call it before the fans were at the gate? Why weren't you turning fans away at the gate? I mean... At that point. Or at at least to release a statement saying that we're assessing the situation. And and it should have come from Australian Grand Prix and it should have gone to all of their local media of we are assessing the situation. At this time, we are asking fans not to come to the track until we know what the the status of the event is going to be. Yeah. I mean, mean, all of those things would have been reasonable things. So... Before we dive in more, let's get the official word of what happened in this 12 hours. We've got it direct from Ross Braun. These are his words. And for once, I'm not going to read them. Oh, hallelujah. Consultation with um, consultation with the teams, consultation with the medical authorities, consultation with the FIA, consultation with the promoters here. I mean, I've been up all night. I think I had one hour sleep last night one hour and a shower and back to the circuit. So, you know, we've been working on this since, since it started. I mean, I was in a restaurant last night when I got the call uh, to say that we'd had a positive case. Steve was keeping me posted and we'd had six or seven clearances and then suddenly we had a positive case. So I had to come back. And that started, I guess, about nine o'clock last night, 9.30. Um, and we just had so many issues to work through. We had to get the teams together again, uh, hold a meeting. Uh, not, it just all takes time. There's a lot of, you know, this is not a total autocracy in terms of you can't just make a decision. You've got so many factors to take into account. And I think we did a pretty good job of reaching the right conclusion with so many uh, parties, so many stakeholders involved. Um, yeah, we're talking to we're talking to the FIA, which is in Europe, uh, European time. We had to get a hold of Jean Todd. Chase, unfortunately, was in the air. He was flying between Vietnam and here, so so it was a it was a pretty stressful period. And and I think considering we dealt with everything in twelve hours, so something that important was good. So that's Ross's position. I'm glad he's pleased with himself, but. Um, I get that was a lot of decisions that needed to be made over 12 hours. And you even texted me at one point to tell me what was going on Mm -hmm. about the fact that Chase Carey was in the air between Vietnam and Australia. And that delayed some of it because he was unreachable. But even still, I, 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 I don't often disagree with Ross Braun. I mean, he's a really smart guy, but you didn't do such a great job. I get you had all these different pieces, but you didn't do such a great job. So we've since gotten a little more information of what 
happened in these 12 hours and where things went and at least a better understanding of what forced their hand okay. to move. Um, and yes, I know a couple of weeks ago, Ross Braun said, if a team can't compete due to the coronavirus, due to quarantine or whatever, we're canceling the race. Obviously, that didn't happen. And right. I, I don't know if somebody's going to call him on that and say, what's the deal? Well, okay. I have a theory on that. Okay. And I shared this with you earlier. Um, I think, and if I remember correctly, what Ross actually actually said was, if a team can't make it to a race because they are quarantined, we will cancel the race. With the idea of the high likelihood that it would be Ferrari that couldn't make it to a race was my bet. Yeah. Um, he did not anticipate that they would have a team have a positive test and then decide that they could not compete, which obviously was the... In, it's the right Zach, answer. Right answer. Gold star. You did exactly the right thing. I'm glad it was an easy decision for you. But that was the thing of they pulled out of the race. They were not forced out of the race, which I think is the the weird yeah. little distinction that's going on in Ross's head, which I fervently disagree with, but I'm not Ross. And I didn't win lunch with him, so. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened with any of the folks who won that stuff. I know. So what what we're hearing has went on in those 12 hours is that um, the withdrawal of McLaren uh, then triggered a meeting between the other teams for talks with uh, Ross Braun at the Crown Hotel in Melbourne to discuss next steps. So Jean Todd joined the meeting via telephone, and it was agreed that the fate of the opener would rest on what the majority of the teams wanted to do. Um, According to Article 5.7 of the Sporting Regulations, an event may be canceled if fewer than 12 cars are available for it. So they needed a further four teams to withdraw from the race in order to trigger that cancellation clause. Mm. So where they were at that point, Ferrari apparently had already made it clear that no matter what happened, they're done. And... That's where we got the evidence that, that Seb had, had pulled out as well. Um, Alfa Romeo also made a point that they were not going to participate, and Renault said that they weren't going to participate. The assumption it was that McLaren wasn't going to either because you know they'd already withdrawn. Mm-hmm. However, initially in that meeting, Mercedes, Red Bull, Alfa Tori, and Racing Point were all in favor of running. Interesting. And still wanted to continue the race. Um, they looked at a couple of different options. Christian Horner said that they had talked about just locking down the paddock. Um, and, and as we had mentioned, just running the race with the F1 personnel and the press at the track and nobody else in there. They had looked at the possibility of, well, what if we just ran Friday? Mm-hmm. And if no other cases were identified, we go forward with the weekend. But then we cancel the race if additional cases were identified. That really didn't work until um, Toto Wolf got a call from uh, somebody at Daimler. And I'm trying to... Uh, Daimler CEO Ola Kalenius, um, who expressed concern about the worsening situation in Europe and how things continued to go downhill. And apparently... While he left it open and for Toto to make the final call, 
it was based on that call that Toto said, yeah, we're not doing this. That's when Mercedes went and put in their notification that they were withdrawing from the event, which forced the hand. Makes perfect sense. Um, but word is, is that Alfa Romeo, or not Alfa Romeo, that uh, Red Bull, Alfa Tori, and Racing Point, their position was, we're racers and we're here to race. And unless the medical authorities tell us it's not safe to race, we want to go race. I can see the point. I, I really do. Yeah. And, you know, taking a step back and beyond just motorsport, and I'll say it in my one time, it is very, very difficult to balance the idea of we have to take these extraordinary measures with the high likelihood that this is not this is not Ebola. This is not whatever it was that was in the movie Outbreak that's going to kill everybody that it touches. So you're balancing those two things and this idea of I want to continue to live my life without fears and craziness when kind of the world around you is going a little crazy. Um, I find that a very hard tightrope to walk even outside the world of motorsport. And I can only imagine how much more exaggerated that is in the microcosm that is F1. Because we talk all mm-hmm. the time about how tight how tight-knit that paddock is and how um, incredibly uh, interconnected those people are. And they don't live in the rest of the world. No. And so their perceptions of what is going on is just different. So when I'm struggling with a tightrope, I can only imagine how much weirder it is for them to struggle with that type of mm-hmm. too because at the end of the day i mean they go racing right after somebody's died they go yep. racing right after there's been a big crash they go racing and to be told that they're not going to go racing because of a virus that flies in the face of every caveman sensibility that they've got it, it does but you know we we heard it last week that the drivers were, they weren't thrilled that they were down there in the first place. They oh, yeah. weren't happy about this. Um, Lewis Hamilton went after Formula One pretty hard over this and, and went so far as to say, well, you know, it's all about the money and cash is king, which Chase Carey didn't really appreciate and went after him after they postponed the race um, or canceled the race. And, and that's one of the other questions. <laughs> so initially it was announced that the race had been canceled. Now we're seeing words that they're, they're hoping for a postponement. And the folks who the Australian Grand Prix Corporation is trying to get the race rescheduled. I don't know if you can do that after you announce that it's been canceled. I, I don't know. I, you know, at some point, I think that we're just going to have to wait for all the dust to start to settle. And the dust isn't even fully all in the air yet yeah. to even begin to settle. So Um, word is that Australian Grand Prix Corporation is going to do something about refunds. They haven't figured out what yet, but they're going to do something about refunds for ticket holders um, to at least address that issue. mm -hmm. Um, Within a few hours after the announcement that um, the race was canceled, officially Bahrain was postponed and Vietnam was announced as postponed. 
followed shortly by thereafter by a statement from Formula One saying that the the season was being suspended until late May at the earliest. So what that means is that our first race could be Baku. Wow. Craziness. So what what we know in terms of the calendar and the requirements that that if nothing happens with the calendar as it stands today, okay, yeah, if they're saying late May, that would mean that the first race would be would mean we'd lose, um, we'd lose Zandvoort, we'd lose Barcelona, we'd lose Monaco, and Azerbaijan would be June fifth. Wow. Yeah. That would be the first race. Now, they couldn't start with Monaco because isn't that late May? Uh, it De- potentially define late May. Yeah, I th- get that. that's the thing is they haven't said, so we don't know whether they would kick off with Monaco or whether they would kick off with Azerbaijan. I could see them turning around and saying we'd really like to do Monaco, but it's going to depend on the situation, and I, and I don't know. Um, so the requirement to have the season count so that we it can. You can award a, a world championship and a driver's or and a constructors championship. Is that you have to have a minimum of eight races? Okay. So, assuming nothing happened with the calendar at all, and it was as set right now, with eight races left in the season, would mean you'd start uh, the weekend of September fourth in Italy. Now, hopefully. Things would be better, but that would make the, the, the season be Italy September 4th to the 6th, followed by Singapore the 18th to the 20th, Russia the 25th to the 27th, Japan October 9th to the 11th, the U.S. Grand Prix the 23rd to the 25th of October, Mexico the 30th and the 1st, uh, Brazil the November 13th and the 15th, or to the 15th, and then wrapping in Abu Dhabi November 27th to the 29th. They're working on contingencies. Obviously, they want to go and get as much of the season reconstructed and reconstituted as possible. So what Formula One, what Ross Braun has floated is the possibility of eliminating the summer break this year and scheduling races through the summer. Now, what races could be accommodated and where and what that would look like, nobody knows right now. It's, I mean, it's a possibility, but I mean, there's so many parts and pieces that go into hosting a race weekend. Mm-hmm. It's not like um, turning around and saying, okay, well, we had a birthday party planned on Saturday. Let's just move it a couple months out. Yeah. Um, and we'll call the caterer and they'll reschedule. Um, no, this is promoters and any of the road tracks that have to be converted. It's the staff, Mm -hmm. the personnel, all of those bits and pieces that have to be in place, not to mention the fact that you got to have time to tell the fans that it's going to happen and get spectators to be able to come back and sell tickets and set up the hot dog vendor. All of those things have to happen. Um, It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. The other question that comes into play, and and I think it's one of the reasons that Ross wants to reconstitute as much of the season as possible is that without having these races, there's no, there's 
less income to pay the teams. Exactly. So there's a lot of question about some of the, the teams that we know are struggling, like Williams. If there is, if we lose six, seven, eight, nine races in a season, are they going to get enough income to survive? It's, it's a big, big mm-hmm. question. And I don't think, honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, my economics minor from college is telling me we are nine plus months before even beginning to understand the knock-on yeah. economic effect of this experience that we're all collectively living right now. And not just Formula One's knock-on effect, the world's knock-on effect. Easily, it's going to be nine months before we even start to get a sense of it. And honestly, there's going to be some effect that's going to be down the road a year. Well, you know, one of the effects, and and I'm assuming this number is going to apply to every single race, but just for Australia, remember, when Pirelli produces tires, Mm -hmm. they produce tires for that race. Correct. And the tires that were produced for that race, whether they were run or not, and that includes the inters and the wets, whether those tires were run or not, they are destroyed after the race. Correct. 1,800 tires that were produced for this weekend are being scrapped by Pirelli. Mm. Unused. I... For, for a sport that is trying to go carbon neutral in the next couple of years, and I get that scrapping them, they're going to recycle them. And, and use them as fuel in a c- cement factory, and they've somehow got a process that makes this ecologically sound, even though they're shipping them three-quarters of the way around the world and back. But 1,800 tires just for this one race. I know. I'm sorry. I still do not understand. I do not think, at the very least, produce wets and enters and keep them on hand until you need them. Yeah. Like, don't keep producing and shredding. Those don't change compounds other than their wets and enters. They're not softs. They're not hards. They're not different. Why would you do? I mean, just that. That alone should save something. Yeah. Uh, I I could have lived my life without knowing that number. So when when I had mentioned to you that uh, the weekend was canceled... And that everything had had been shut down. You said, "Wouldn't it be kind of amusing if they did an esports thing?" Yeah, I did. And it turns out that in response to this, there was not one but two different esports events, all star esports events. I'm pretty smart at these things, huh? Um, one of which um, featured Max Verstappen. Uh, Felix Rosenquist, Juan Pablo Montoya, Billy Monger, uh, and about five or six other drivers. Um, Jack Nichols and Jolian Palmer uh, were part of the commentating crew for this event. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was one of the events. There was another one that Lando Norris was in. Uh, it was like the the not Australian GP or something like that. <laughs> he he put it up on, on he was live streaming it on Twitch, 
which I will admit it was the first time that I ever went up on Twitch and I will never, ever, ever do it again. I don't know how anybody can watch that. Oh, good Lord. Oh, Ooh, I, I don't way need to too much stuff flying around there because like there, there's chats going on on the side and the comments are flying in and it's go, you know, you got a couple hundred people in there and the comments are just constant. I'm like, how can anybody read this? And Lando being Lando on top of it. Well, you got to admit that was probably pretty amusing that it was Lando being Lando. That what so when I had jumped in, actually, he was talking to I believe it was Mark Gallagher, um, who's a, an F one journalist, and actually w- was working with Mark so that Mark would be his crew, his his, uh, his race engineer <laughs> for for this, <laughs> calling him into the pit and everything so that he could box for tire. Yeah, they, they were working on that whole thing, and and, and having Mark was going to do the strategy for him. Oh my! Yeah, oh. I mean you're taking it really seriously. So there was that. Well, okay. I like lemons out of, uh, lemonade out of lemons. I yeah. mean, come on, guys, be creative, and that is what I think the call is here: is lemonade out of lemons, and possibly add a shot of vodka to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's good news. Not so good news is. Well, Ferrari has made the decision that they are essentially shutting down operations. We're not just talking the Formula One team. The road car division, too. Oh, wow. They are shutting down for at least, and and it kind of makes sense given the the situation in Italy and and their lockdown that's going on. Um, But at least until March 27th, Ferrari is completely shut down. And I am expecting that probably the rest of the teams are going to do the same. Yeah. And it, well, you know, maybe a de facto that's Ross Braun's idea. This is this is now your summer break. Yeah. Extended winter, winter break. And then our last story. Our last two stories. Okay. And actually they're not coronavirus related at all. Oh, good. I can take my mask off. Yes. So number one is uh, Renault unveiled their official uh livery for 2020 okay uh on monday (laughs) okay so the black car that they were running um that was not the official one uh basically it's the the same as last year it's the yellow and black and it's not anything special but the big thing was that they have a title sponsor now (gasps) oh congratulations um and word is that Having that that title sponsor makes their future a bit more secure in Formula One, assuming that we actually, you know, what happens in 2020. Um, But their financial future is much more secure with it. It is DP World. So if you're not familiar with DP World, um, that's essentially DP stands for Dubai Ports World. Oh. That is the company that has been buying up ports and operating ports around the globe for the last 15 or 20 years. So odds are if you've gotten on a cruise ship anywhere in oh, pretty much the United States or anywhere else in the globe, it was probably at a DP World port, a oh. DP World operated port. Oh. Yes. Okay. So that's who that is. There's some big money there, obviously. A penny or two. Um, Formula One also announced going into the weekend that they had reached a commercial agreement with the oil company Saudi Aramco. Uh And as a result of that deal, and 
if you saw some pictures of the track, you may have noticed it. There was Aramco branding on the walls around the track. Again, if we have a season, you should see more Aramco branding on and around the track, assuming it happens. Well, congratulations on sponsorship. Sorry, this season's going to be a little rocky. And then our last thing, and, and I know it tied in better with the Ferrari story, but I didn't have a better place to put these other two things, so that's where I put them, is what we're going to do. Because it, as much as we're not concerned about the sickness impacting a show, and you're not going to get the, you're not going to get COVID nineteen from listening to a podcast, yay. And we know that we are either a ray of sunshine or a frustration in some people's lives. If we're a frustration and you willingly invite us into our your home to be a frustration, um, you have bigger problems than us. True. But I hope that we're a bit of a sunshine or a, a thing to laugh about. But the problem is with F1 being, and pretty much all motorsports, being suspended for the next 60 days, if there's no news, we have nothing to talk about. Well, yeah. And we just came off winter break. Where we, we go through a month with nothing to talk about. You don't want to put us through that again. Uh, we have vamped as far as we can vamp. So how about this? Because you, We're, we're going to have to play it on a weekly basis at well, this point. That's what I was about to say. You had challenged me and said, think about what it is that we're going to, how we're going to do this and mm-hmm. how we're going to accomplish this. So I think that the... The statement is, if we have something to talk about, we record yeah. Sunday nights. If we have enough to talk about, we will record and produce a show. If there is not, if it is one story or two stories, we will post it up on the website as a written form and not have no. a show. Well, by we, I mean you. Thanks. <laughs> um, I was using the... I don't know. It's not the royal we where it includes me. It was more the we that doesn't include me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but we oh, as in you. Yeah, yeah we. I, I mean you. Um, but as the keeper of all things website, I, I will defer to your better judgment. But if we don't have a show over the next month and a half to, yeah, about a month and a half is what they're looking at right now. Um, we apologize in advance. Um, it is not because we have contracted COVID-19 because the reality is we are insulating ourselves in a bubble. So I think we're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we had, we had to point it out is that, you know, if there's nothing for us, there's nothing going on, we're not going to just sit and blather. It, it's, it's not fair to anybody. So, and we are really bad at vamping. So on that, I think that we'll go on and call it a show. We hope everyone who is listening to us right now stays happy and healthy and safe and socially distant from everyone around the world so that we can flatten the curve. So um, I, I, I do hope that we get news that we can continue this over the next 60 days and you won't miss us. But if we take a week off, you'll understand. And on that, we'll call it a show. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 
Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Bye. Bye bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye bye now. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is there is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. <laughs> a little break? Okay. Whew.